Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Fishers City Hall, and today we're talking about the Disability Awareness Month of March and how that's celebrated in the city of Fishers. I have with me two very familiar people very much involved with uh, the disability community in Fishers. We have Kelly Hartman, who's been involved a long time with this uh, whole effort, and uh, Cecilia Coble, member of the Fisher City Council, and then she has also had a long history of, of dealing with uh, disabilities, people with disabilities, and how they should uh, uh, be celebrated and helped. So, ladies, thank you again. It's getting to be an annual thing for all three of us to get together. Thanks for having us. And it's good to have both of you with me. You know, I'm going to start with Kelly. Something happened at the most recent city council meeting. <laughs> um, the city council decided to codify the disability uh, the, the uh, advisory committee yeah. on disabilities, which has been in, around for a long time. But for the first time, the city council put it in a city ordinance. And uh, you got very emotional when that happened. I you had did. a chance to get up at the podium. Why, why the emotions at that time? Well, see, I'm emotional now that you're asking me again. So, um, was it my intention? Sorry. No, I understand. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be emotional about. You know, I've worked in the field of disability supports um, across many, many school systems and many municipalities across the state of Indiana. And there is still sometimes an air of charity around disability supports. And getting to live and, you know, um, really thrive in a community where we have taken the step forward to say that all people belong, all people have the right to be included and be a valuable part of a, a community. Um, the language in the, in the ordinance to codify the committee brought tears in my eyes the first time I read it. Um, and so just being really, um, I'm really proud of Fishers, really, Happy to be a citizen of this fine city, but really a part of a movement forward to encourage not only our own community, but communities around us to include people of all different abilities. is It's just a really special thing. And Cecilia, you're a member of that city council. And as you well know, uh, it's not always possible to get a unanimous vote. On, on, a, on an important issue, but yet when this came up, it was really first reading, meaning it needed to come back for another vote. Yet uh, the rules say that the council can waive those rules in a unanimous vote and pass it at that meeting. That happened. There was a unanimous support for uh, for this measure to to uh, put into a city ordinance the advisory committee with which you have had a long background actually helped set it up. Uh, explain your feelings when you saw that unfold. It was, it was a proud moment for not only me, but the city of Fishers and, and all the stakeholders involved. You know, we started the Fishers Advisory Committee on Disability very informal. Um, it was something near and dear to my heart because of having a child with intellectual disabilities and, and my mother-in-law that had a stroke and now uses a wheelchair. And, and it was something that uh, 
we needed to do to come together to to bring bring forth solutions to to try to resolve and to um, address some of the challenges still facing people with disabilities. And you know, we've been working at this for a long time, and it didn't take. You know, I think everybody gets it and understands it because some of my colleagues on the city council have seen the impact we've made and they understand it. Most of us have someone that has some kind of disability. And, and the other thing that will be very interesting for people to, I guess, get an aha moment is that at any time, any one of us could have a serious injury or illness that now puts us in in a situation where we, where we are disabled and so on at the kickoff on on Tuesday we're going to hear from Darcy Keith and she's a, a traumatic brain injury survivor of Fishers of resident of a resident of Fishers and she's she has an amazing story to tell I'm excited to hear her her presentation and you never know when people are going to hear a podcast. This will go up the day before the kickoff. The kickoff is March 1st at 8.30 in the morning here at Fisher City Hall in the main auditorium. And, and um, Cecilia talked about who will be speaking there. And that will be from 8.30 until 10 in the morning. Anyone can come. Before I get more into the well, what's going to be going on during the month, I want to ask Kelly something. Because I worked, I think we've talked about this in past podcasts, but I always like to bring this up. I worked for the federal government for 28 years, and I worked with many people who had disabilities, people who were totally deaf, people who were totally blind, and, and all sorts of disabilities in between, and saw how with just some support, some accommodation, they can be rem remarkably productive citizens. Uh, and in this day and age, I don't think any society can afford to leave people out. And when you talk about there's this idea of charity, my experience is it's really not charity at all. It's allowing people to shine by giving them just that little bit of help they need to overcome the disability and be productive members of society. I wonder what your thoughts are along those lines. Well, Larry, you're helping us be a myth buster because there's a lot of people that believe, including someone in their workforce, is going to be more, more challenged or more difficult than it's worth. And I think with the advances of technology and, and what people use to accommodate, to make accommodations for their life, it's real easy for them to go to a job and be a really incredibly uh, meaningful part of a workforce. And I think what people don't realize is that if you look at the statistics for people who employ, you know, individuals who might have learning differences or different abilities, um, the statistics are amazing. You know, we've gone back to pre-pandemic unemployment rates in Hamilton County of under, you know, 3% or less unemployment. However, we still have more than 60 to 70% of all people with disabilities, not just people with disabilities, but people with disabilities who are capable of having competitive employment remain unemployed. So that's one of the things that we'll do this month and, and really every month is try and continue to get people to be open-minded about uh, maybe some variation in their workforce because what we find is that the statistics overwhelmingly support that it is a very positive move for those employers who do include people with disabilities. And Cecilia, I want to talk about it. Uh, one of the events coming up, which ties into what we just talked about, Kelly and I, and that's the One Zone Luncheon, which is on March 9th at the uh, Forum Center. Uh, Forum uh, a Credit Union Center, and it's called A Photographic Journey Through an Inaccessible World, and it's, as I understand it, it is a way to take a look at the world 
the way someone with a disability might look at it. Uh, explain the importance of that sort of approach to looking at people with disabilities. Sure. This is really going to be an eye-opening experience and presentation. It's, it's a PowerPoint presentation, very interactive, but it's basically showing you everyday settings in our everyday environment that are inaccessible. So it will highlight um, accessible parking, entrances, getting into doors, counters, all kinds of things that we may not have realized are are inaccessible and should be better accessible um, for people with, with all abilities. And so if you are a business, if you uh, serve the public in any way, it's going to be worthwhile. I really encourage to for people to look at that and make some time. It's going to be a great presentation. And the speaker, Doug Gepner, has been here way back when we first started, and he's updated this slide presentation. And I just remember when we first brought him back in 2016 that people were just like, wow, I really, it really is, because it's all in pictures. It's all photographs that have been taken all over the United States and really highlight things we need to start looking at. You know, Kelly, when I worked as a news reporter in the late 70s, early 80s, it was sort of fashionable for politicians, people who were celebrities, to spend a day as understanding what it's like to have a disability. For instance, getting through an entire day in a wheelchair or blindfolding yourself and trying to get around, do basic functions without your eyesight. Uh, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but I do think that that concept is, is important, understanding what others have to go through, at least in some small way. You know, um, I agree with you, Larry, and it, I remember when people would do that a lot, and it was an, an immersive experience, and I think we have those kinds of experiences for lots of different challenges in life. I think the thing is, is if I were to try and get around Fishers in a wheelchair it would be an experience for a day. And the good news for me personally as an able-bodied person is that I get to stand up and go back to my life. Um, people with learning differences and different abilities don't get to shed that after a day of experience. I mean, it is a lifelong issue. And, and the cool thing about Fishers is that our folks with disabilities have a fighting chance of having a life in their own community as opposed to waking up and saying, oh, I have to go to Indianapolis or I have to go to another community because they have what I need. So it's exciting to be a part of Fishers who is, you know, working really hard at helping not only include folks with disabilities, but helping people without challenges learn to be more accepting and, op and open. Whoever wants to take this one, the uh, another event that's coming up, this will be March 16th, a Wednesday evening, 6 to 7.30 p.m. At, p.m. at HSE High School. This is called the Transition Fair. Who would like to talk about that? Sure. This is an, an annual event that's uh, put upon by uh, both Hamilton Southeastern schools and the Carmel schools. And it is a really great fair because you have, gosh, over probably 80 vendors that provide services for the disability community. And it's really, it's a one-stop shop day where you have every organization, service, information for anyone with a disability, anyone that has a student that's transitioning out of the high school a system and is moving on out of high school, you know, what can they do after that? What What is available in terms of trying to seek uh, more skills, get job opportunities, housing, all kinds of things. So I highly encourage 
uh, people to to come to that event. It's it's free and lots of wonderful information. And uh, I guess the key there is finding out what's available, what you what's there to help you, and and uh, that's a kind of a one stop shop that you've tried to put together. And you've done this before, correct? That's not the first right. Year. And like I said, you know the beauty about this Fisher's Advisory Committee on Disability is we're working in collaboration with educators from HSC schools, with the business community, with direct support providers. We're really trying to just work collaboratively. And as you can see, we're, we're achieving more together. And that's our theme this year. That And we're really proud to, to be instrumental in making this impact that's, that's reaching beyond just Fisher's. And uh, Kelly, there's a something called the Prism Project on a Sunday afternoon, two to four p.m. on March twentieth. You know, Fishers is trying to make its mark in in the arts. Uh, we are planning a new city hall with an arts center. And that planning continues. So there's been an uptick in, in arts activity, I think, in discussion in Fishers. But this particular event is uh, an event of live performances. People anywhere from age six to twenty-two who are trying to show what they can do in the arts. Uh, talk, talk more about that. So this is a really cool project that actually did not start in Fishers, but was brought to Fishers by um, a Ball State University professor. And it is, so it's a replication of a very successful theater project. Um, and I'm not, rem- do you remember what city it's from? New Orleans. Oh, from, yes, thank you, New mm-hmm. Orleans. Um, and this is, um, I believe, the second year that we've had the performance happen during March Disability Awareness Month. And it is just a really uh, powerful performance, um, allowing folks with different abilities to participate in theater. And um, it's it's just a really well-followed event, and I would encourage anybody. This is one of those examples, if you've never done anything with disability awareness in, in March, this is a great way to jump in there and do something and, and go observe and see the spirit around people being included. Um. Let me go uh, to Cecilia because the One Zone uh, had the luncheon we talked about earlier, but later in the month on March 22nd, that's a Tuesday early morning event at 8 o'clock. And uh, because it's early, it's called the Caffeinated Conversation, which lots of people know about Caffeinated Conversations at that hour. Um, but the, the idea about this is trying to connect those people looking for work, as Kelly talked about, and then the employers that might be open to hiring them. Talk about the importance of that particular project. Sure, absolutely. Well, again, we, we are just so proud and excited that the, the One Zone Chamber of Commerce is, is committed to being a partner in our efforts to try to provide more meaningful work and employment opportunities for people with all abilities. And so this is an opportunity for their membership to come and learn more about how does this work and what people don't realize, and Kelly can elaborate more, that there are programs that do not involve any cost to the employer that will allow uh, training and meaningful work experiences like job shadowing to take place. And it's happening in the school system through the transition program and through organizations like Outside the Box, Opportunities for Positive Growth. So maybe Kelly can share a little bit more about that. Yeah, Kelly, I I think what I would like you to address is, and Cecilia made a nice intro into that, um, I think that what you can't have people employed unless the employers get involved. And through my government work, I, I became very familiar with reasonable accommodations and how they can make such a 
world of difference. And I, I think once you explain to employers that these accommodations are not that expensive and difficult as you might think, and there is help available. So kind of dovetail on what Cecilia just said and, and talk about this connection between employers and employees that, uh, that you're working on. You know, on. the first step is getting people excited about employment, you know, and, and opening a door to a conversation is is something that we fight for all the time with local employers. Um, there's a program through the state called Vocational Rehabilitation, and we have providers in our community who provide um, vocational rehabilitation services, and that, that would be like outside the box and opportunities for positive growth. Again, Hamilton Southeastern Schools. Also Janus, who's um, based in Noblesville and, and has a new program here. Um, they also do vocational rehabilitation services. And the really cool thing is when you have an open door and you have a quality candidate come in who happens to have a disability, there is a job coach that helps determine whether accommodations are needed. Employers often um, believe that that's going to be super costly and they can't handle it. And, and actually what we know from the research is that the average cost of accommodations is less than $500. Um, and so what we can bring as, for example, a job coach would come in, they actually help with job training for many, many weeks. And so it's a great partnership between the employer and the vocational rehabilitation provider who we are side by side with that and with your new employee helping them learn. And it is a, to no cost. And I'm, I'm sure there are many employers who would love for someone to train their new employees and not it not cost them anything. Let me give you an example because uh, when I first started with the government, I, I worked at a, in a uh, telephone call center, help center, where we had blind employees, and they had to use Braille books when I first started. Mm -hmm. They are very expensive, and they're bulky, and they're difficult. Well, then I saw technology move along, and then they had something called VersaBraille, which was a simple, just one bar where the, where the, the, the bar changes. Uh, instead of the book, you've got the bar which changes, and you're basically reading the Braille that way. And, and, and before I retired, there was another system that came in where the text was read to the blind employee through a headset, which saved a tremendous amount of time. And those programs, as they moved along, the government was paying less money each time technology moved along. And I'm sure that's true in the private sector today. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is a positive thing that has come out of COVID and people's ability to work from home is that we have a number of folks who may not have been employed because of transportation challenges, who can now have a work from home arrangement, not have to be involved with transportation. So it isn't, it's not a barrier to employment. And I know Bosma is um, an organization that's been really um, helpful to us um, and, and involved with Fisher's Advisory Committee on Disability. And so you have a lot of folks with um, visual impairments that are really a, an important part of the workforce now that may not have been previously. I want to talk about music, Cecilia, because uh, you're, it'll be a special event coming up at Legacy Bible Church on a Sunday. It'll be March 27th toward the end of the month at 4 p.m. And, and this is a celebration, a 250th birthday celebration of the music of Ludwig von Beethoven. And if you're a classical music buff, and I know there are a lot of people in Fishers who are, uh, one thing that a lot of people forget is that Mr. Beethoven had a tremendous disability that uh, he actually had lost his hearing and still after that wrote some of his most beautiful music. Uh, talk about this event on March 27th. Sure. Well, we're excited about this. This this was something that uh, 
was talked about last year right around COVID. So now that, that things are opening up, you know, we, we're really wanting to do more with highlighting the arts and and celebrating artists that have disabilities. And I didn't know about Beethoven. I, I really didn't. I, I, I love the music. I just, and someone from um, the Fisher's Music Works, Doug Wisman said, hey, did you know this? And we'd like to put this concert together. So we've, we've been in partnership with um, Fisher's Music Works and and the uh, Switch Theater there. So we're, we're really excited. We're always looking for opportunities to bring more awareness of, of despite disabilities, you know, what people are, are doing throughout history and, and currently in our city and in the area, how, how they are um, wonderful artists and they're and they're contributing to society in a meaningful way and kelly what what better example could you find than beethoven of someone with a disability writing some of his best music after he was disabled yeah it's amazing and and i think you know beethoven is a great example of what this whole community is rallying in march to do which is to see the goodness right to see past that challenge that beethoven had and this amazing music that he created and that we all celebrate and here we have Cecilia, who, and myself, didn't even really, I see beyond the disability, right? And I think that it's a great example of, of what we should be celebrating. I want to uh, talk about a couple of things that are sort of ongoing. One thing that's going to be ongoing is uh, something with the Parks Department. It's called Story Walk, and it is called Can Bears Ski. Who wants to talk about the uh, Fishers Park program? Sure. Well, again, you know, we're just blessed that every every department in the city of Fishers want, wants to be a part of, of this. And we're excited that the Fishers Parks and Recreation Department have always been a partner in striving to provide um, opportunities, again, to educate um, young and old. And so this is going to be um, an activity where you can walk and, and hear a story about um, this bear and and people wondering, you know, can the bear ski? And it's it's just um, great for, for kids to experience um, this walk and, and learn about this story about this bear and, and how it, it relates to disabilities. And that's um, March 2nd through the 31st. It's every day at Brook School Park if you want to take advantage of that. Let me go to the uh, a partner of yours for a long time, many years, with this uh, Disability Awareness Month. That's the Hamilton East Public Library. The, uh, they have two libraries, one here in Fishers and one in Noblesville. And uh, there are some of those programs I'd like to talk about. I'm going to ask Kelly to start because one thing that has impacted – one issue that has impacted more and more families every year as all of us are living longer through medical science. It, and I've had it in my family, uh, someone close to me uh, suffer from this. That's dementia. And they have a dementia friends information session coming up on March, uh, Tuesday, March 15th at, from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. Uh, that's something that can be of use to anyone, even, even if you have no one in your family or close to you now with dementia. Sadly, the chances are very good somewhat in your family will be impacted by this. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, Larry. I mean, a lot of times think of, people think about March Disability Awareness Month and they think about disabilities of people who were born with disabilities um, because many people were, right? We, we were all born with something that we don't do very well and things that we do great. Um, but we often overlook in our society the great need of people who acquire challenges and whether that be a dementia 
Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, um, dementia being something that's really impacting a great deal of families in our community. So we're excited about Hamilton East Public Library, including things like that, that, that bring a light to more than just the disabilities that people are born with. You know, Cecilia, so you see somebody who was engaging, very uh, high-performing, just somebody you wanted to be around, and all of a sudden something like dementia begins to hit them. Uh, and it does not always with old age. It, it normally is, but it, you can be young and still be hit with this horrible disease. Um, talk about how a session such as this coming up on March 15th at 1 p.m. at the library on Tuesday, how this can introduce people to ways to understand this whole issue better. Mm -hmm. Certainly. So we were excited because Dementia Friends, this program, was the first to kind of launch in Fishers a few years ago. And so they are now a partner not only through the Hamilton East Public Library, but Connor Prairie, and they have these dementia-friendly cafes. But the, the workshop that they're having there at the library, it's very enlightening because it, it kind of shares like the perspective of, of what a person with dementia is going through and understanding some of the things they do and, and how can you be more patient? How can you understand that you may have to speak slower? You might have to um, understand that they, they may not... Um, uh, sometimes certain photos or, or, or memories, so that memory cafe, they will bring um, items that help to trigger memory and to trigger uh, meaningful conversations. But it really is a way to kind of put yourself in the shoes of someone that has dementia and to understand that that patients may be having to repeat yourself and slowing down in, in your questions or conversations are helpful in, in having um better understanding about dementia and having more meaningful communication with someone with with a with dementia. Kelly, uh, on Wednesday, March the 9th at the library, 6.30 p.m., there's going to be a, some, a dyslexia information group uh, discussion. I think dyslexia is a greatly misunderstood disability, and I say that because I worked with, in the government work I did, a young girl who had dyslexia, and uh, it's amazing what can be done for people who suffer from that. For those who don't know, it's, it's an inability to read the same way the rest of us do. They just can't read words and sentences and paragraphs the way most people can. What I have been amazed with, and I think it's, there's been advan there have been advances made long since I've experienced this, uh, that there are great coping mechanisms and there are ways that uh, people can be treated so that dyslexia is no longer uh, disabling for people. Talk about what dyslexia is about and how people are overcoming that. Well, I think the coolest thing about this kind of exposure during March Disability Awareness Month is that there are people who are kind of wondering if they have dyslexia or they're they're wondering if their child might have an issue because there continues to be challenges, but it's difficult, right, if you don't have it to completely understand it. And so some of the joy of these events is getting together with people who can help you learn more about how to be immersed in experiences to learn more about dyslexia. And, you know, dyslexia is an interesting um, challenge because so many people are able to compensate and so they may not even be able to fully express their need for additional support. So again, this is a great event where people will come together and it doesn't, not just for people who have dyslexia, but maybe people who would like to learn more. 
And uh, Cecilia, there's another event uh, the library is putting on. This one's on March 3rd at 7 p.m. It's a Thursday. Autism 101. And there's much... There's much more discussion about autism, I think, today than maybe 10 years ago. And, and people are, are curious about autism, what it's about, how people deal with the various um, um, parts of autism because there's a scale or, you know, there's, there's, autism is not just one thing. It's, it's a whole panoply of things. Uh, what could people learn about autism by going to this event? This is a great event. I, I am also a, a parent of a, of a child with autism. So this event is really going to kind of give you the, the basics. And if, if you are a family that has been um, just diagnosed, that whose child has been, just been diagnosed, or you want to learn more about autism, it's, it's going to share with you um, information of, of uh, diagnosis, where to go, services that are available, therapies, education, just a little bit of everything. And it is a spectrum. So it's an autism spectrum. So there's a range of abilities and, and challenges within within that spectrum. So, But sometimes, you know, trying to navigate services and, and what's out there, if I suspect or if my my loved one has an autism diagnosis. Where where do I go to get the resources and support and what what's out there? So it'll be very informative. Well, we're going to wrap this up here in a minute. Uh, Kelly, anything you would like to say about Disability Awareness Month I did not bring up? Well, I do want to just give a quick thank you to Old National Bank for being our presenting sponsor this year. Um, as a community bank based here in Indiana, they're very excited about um, inclusivity as one of their their major um, issues of focus as a community bank, and they are presenting sponsor this year. Also, um, insights outside the box, Kids Inc. and opportunities for positive growth are also involved in sponsorship and really are um, very important providers in our community of fishers um, to families and to individuals who are challenged with disabilities. Same question for Cecilia. Sure. I, I think we've really hit a, a milestone this March because we are achieving more together. We, we've codified the Fisher's Advisory Committee on Disability. Our group helped Carmel start their advisory committee and the City of Lawrence Advisory Committee. And my understanding, tonight at the Westfield City Council, there is an ordinance to propose the creation of a Westfield Advisory Committee on Disability. And so this is a growing movement, a, a growing effort that I think we're stronger, we're going to achieve more together by all of us working together to meet, try to meet those challenges that are facing uh, the disability community. You know, Kelly, this is your big event in March for your advisory committee, but uh, you do meet and work uh, year-round. What are some of the other accomplishments, uh, what you are working on outside of March? So I think that um, we, so we meet at least quarterly, and now there's an ordinance that says we have to. It's very exciting. Um, and really, um, like Cecilia said, this is sort of a milestone year for us because what we're going to do is pivot to not only have – Disability Awareness Month in March, but to recognize that there is a need for awareness all year long. And so we will have some events in October this year, which will focus on um, employment and disability. And we will continue to look at events throughout the year so that the community has opportunities all year long to learn. Cecilia, anything you'd like to talk about about accomplishments of your committee? Sure. Well, we've had many accomplishments that we're going to touch on at the kickoff um, 
with the housing, the South Point Village development that set aside affordable and accessible units for people with disabilities, it has been just amazing to see, you know, what's happening there. Uh, May Mobility, the autonomous vehicle pilot program in Fishers has also provided a route that actually stops at South Point Village and there's an accessible vehicle for which people with physical disabilities can utilize and will take you to the designated areas there that the, uh, that the, uh, the autonomous vehicle is, is um, stopping at. And, you know, it's just... We feel like we're, we have disabilities at the top of mind in, in the things that we're doing here in the city of Fishers, and we continue to strive to achieve more, to, to be a model in our community, to work with the disability community, and, and work together to meet these challenges. So I, I would encourage everyone to go to the, the fishers.in.us slash disability awareness for more information on all the details of, of events we have planned this month of March. And that is the place to go if you want all the information. Uh, Kelly Hartman and Cecilia Koble. March is Disability Awareness Month. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. Mm-hmm.